Emily Young. So are you the, I guess, CEO of the magazine that you um, own? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, I'd, cool. I'd say so, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I I run it myself and then I've just added two people to kind of help me as it it kind of got to a point where I couldn't do it on my own anymore, so I've got a couple of people helping me out now, which is nice. Oh, very nice. So for context, you own a magazine slash website blog called Square One. Mm -hmm. And just for people who don't know what it is, I guess just explain what it is for people who have never heard of it. Of course. So Square One is a music magazine. Um, it's primarily a website that's updated pretty much every day with new content. We also run physical print magazines every four months or so. We have a highlight on up and coming artists, people that are emerging and aren't necessarily the bigger names, but people who we think will be in the future. And we also do cover those big names as well that come through as much as we can. But mainly we focus on those that are slightly lesser known and we think are really going to pop off soon. So have you been interested in music for the majority of your life? So how did it all begin with the interest and how did that spiral into the inspiration for Square One? Was it all linked or was it just all separate and it just happened to be what it became? It was kind of a little bit of both. Yeah. So I've I've always had an interest in music for as long as I can remember. When I was in my younger teenage years, I was going through quite a rough patch. So I tend to kind of lean towards music as that kind of emotional escape yeah. and like crutch to kind of keep going, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So I, I've always had this pretty intense connection with music. But Square One kind of came up about when I went to university. I went to study music journalism and that degree was basically teaching us how to write as a journalist, how to interview people, how to write news features for newspapers, that kind of thing. And also it went into the history of journalism as a whole throughout the ages, that kind of thing. Then in my final year at university, we had to do a group project as like our final project for the year. It's about 50, 60% of our final grade. And it was a group project, which are notoriously my least favorite thing in the world. I hate it. Um, but we, there was a group of four of us and we decided to start a magazine. So it started out as we had to completely conceptualize it, design it all the way through to making it Okay. Um, in the span of, I think, around four months, which is probably why that's why I do it every four months. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that went really well all things considered it was a very stressful time because of the group work involved in that where you typically always have people that don't pull their weight that don't want to do anything yeah exactly um <laughs> so that was fun um and then when i graduated university in the july and then by october covid started okay so everything shut down yeah i was out of a job i had nothing to do to keep myself busy yeah so i was like why not let's start a magazine and that's when square one was born though so i'm assuming that it wasn't as straightforward as just designing a website and having a dedicated team of photographers and getting people to interview and that sort of thing it must have been quite a, a learning curve to try and put it into action even though i guess you had as you said had the uh, the building block from what you've done at uni 
Yeah, exactly. So I knew how to get it from point A to B. It was just the actual putting it together and getting all the content that was the hardest. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was during COVID, so there was no concert, so I couldn't really do live reviews, which wouldn't really take much from me other than just attending shows. <laughs> um, so that was out of the question, which meant music photography was out of the question. Yeah. So at the beginning, I mainly just started reviewing albums that had already come out or albums that were already recorded and just being released. So I was getting some form of content just to kind of get the website up and running. Yeah. Um, further into COVID, as people discovered that they could, say, record over Zoom and that kind of thing, that's when the interviews really started. So I, our first physical issue, we had our cover interview with a band called Chapel, and they had pretty much, they were the first band to kind of release something they had made during COVID. So they had recorded, written their entire EP, I think it was, over Zoom during lockdown. So that was like a really fun talking point, And that's kind of where the, the print issue came from. But yeah, I, I basically just built up a team of people who had similar interests, who wanted to get involved and kind of keep busy while COVID, while the world was shutting down. It was, it, we all had this passion and we just wanted to do something with it. And so with this team, how easy is it to find people that want to be involved? Is it a case of finding people online or you know, Facebook groups or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I actually find a lot of our contributors through Facebook groups and stuff like that. Um, there's a load of different groups on Facebook for journalists yeah, sure and are. photographers yeah. and stuff like that. So I literally just write a post saying hey i've got this magazine that i'm working on would anyone like to be involved i can't pay you because i make no money from it <laughs> but i can get you music early i can yeah. get you into shows that you want to go to yeah. like even though i'm still in the position where this magazine isn't self-sustaining in that way i'm one of those people that i will never ask anyone to do something i wouldn't do myself and also there's a reward there. Yeah. So like I can get them early music. I can get them interviews with their favorite bands. I can get them into shows they want to attend. It's not just me getting all this from them and they're getting nothing out of it, especially with this industry. So much of it is based on connections, yeah. who you know, those relationships. Yeah. Um, a lot of those I did build from when I was at university doing that magazine. So that's mm -hmm. how I really got started with Square One. But yeah, there's there's always payoff, which is quite nice. So how did you actually come up with the name Square One in the first place? Was it just a case of, okay, well, I'm at Square One with this magazine and said, okay, sure. Or was it as simple as that? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, I was definitely at rock bottom. So I was like, yeah, let's, I was brainstorming names. Nothing really was working and... I just ended up kept going back to square one, trying again, <laughs> thinking of something that was that. Yeah. So that was definitely an idea. But then also at the time, I was very much listening to one band in particular, um, Boston Manor, and they happened to have a song called Square One. Oh. And that song just kept popping up on Shuffle. And I was like, this is a sign. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with Square One. So half of it was me just having no idea where to start with names yeah. the other half boston manor 
Okay. And so you've mentioned now you've been very lucky in that you've been able to connect with both photographers in the UK as well as different states in America and everything. So you've been able to cover music on both sides of the font. So you must have built quite a big network in quite a short space of time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first few people I got involved were a couple of my friends from online that I knew that had an interest in writing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our contributor team at the moment is probably the majority of people who write for us and the majority of content we cover is actually based in the States. Oh, wow. And our readership is about, I want to say like 51% from the United States. So it's really surreal for me to like, yeah. especially when I'm shipping out magazines and they're going to Australia or like the US, it's really weird. Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> It's nice to kind of see how the culture is over there yeah. in that respect. So you mentioned you get photographers into all these places. Yeah. How do you provide access to photographers if you can obviously reveal that sort of thing? I suppose I could, yeah. <laughs> um, it's honestly all, well, majority of artists have a network of people in their team. Um, they will have management, they'll have publicists, that kind of thing. And the people I primarily work with are their publicists. So they're dedicated people that reach out and try and get them press coverage, that kind of thing. So I've kind of built up a network of publicists for a vast majority of bands at this point. Mm. I know a lot of the companies that bands tend to use. And it, it's just a case of emailing them and hoping for the best. <laughs> well, from personal experience, it very much is just emailing them and hoping for the best. Exactly, exactly. Unless you have a very specific connection with them, which I'm quite lucky to be in that position where I do have quite a few familiar faces that we talk all the time and work together all the time. But there's always going to be people you haven't spoken to before and you're like, hey, can I please do this and I'll give you this in return. Yeah. But yeah, publicists are who I work with. I'm lucky to say that most of the shows I request to cover for our team do get approved and um, we've been accepted into festivals and shows of insane sizes we've been covering arena tours and stuff like that so um yeah it, it's definitely all based on your relationships that you build with these publicists for sure so you could basically just start your own publishing agency from yeah. all the from, yeah, from <laughs> everyone you've got so what's been the biggest event that like, you've been able to get someone access to whether or not it be a stadium show or just the most whoa okay okay yeah i've got i've got a couple in mind so okay. recently we got approved for review tickets for taylor swift which was fun that was a huge show i was gonna say because they're more than gold dust at, at this moment in time exactly yeah we we managed to get some tickets for that which was really sweet um we also got approved for hangout festival okay. in america oh nice unfortunately we couldn't attend because our photographer ended up getting covid just before she was flying out but um yeah that was a, a huge one that i did not expect to get approved for at all it had some really big names on that lineup and then over here we we've covered a lot of arenas over here mainly in manchester yeah. we've done um wembley arena i did last november for machine gun kelly so that was fun oh yeah. sweet yeah we're getting there weirdly enough i'm trying to um actually hunt down the female guitarist from oh, machine yeah. gun kelly sophie Lloyd, because she has quite a, a big mm -hmm. following herself 
And so I'm trying to um to hunt her down in any way possible. I have her contact details if you need it. <laughs> we'll speak afterwards. <laughs> okay, so you've managed to get stuff for other people. So has there been anywhere you've been, I really want to go to this myself and... Have you been potentially jealous of not being able to go to said festival yourself and having to send someone there? Even though it's great for the magazine in general, mm-hmm. have there been anywhere? I wish I could have gone there myself. Um, not really. Apart from Taylor Apart Swift, from Taylor but Swift, I managed obviously, to get obviously. tickets, so it's fine. Yeah. See you next year. Um, yeah. Honestly, no. The way I run the magazine is I have a request form that everyone fills out for any shows they want to cover. Yeah. I put my own in there as well if I want to cover anything. Nice. And then I used to run it as it would be whoever puts the request in first gets it. First come, first serve. Okay. Because, exactly. But because our team's expanded and I have multiple people in the same kind of, um, I've got multiple people in the same states and we have a bunch of people from like manchester leeds that kind of thing it was often the same person would beat there and get there first so as amazing as that was for them i had to be fair i had to find another way that would be fair especially for say new people joining yeah they'd have no chance because someone who'd been there for a year had already requested everything so now it's just a case of if there's multiple people requesting the same show i'll just decide who gets it basically it's a mix of who's been consistent with us who i know i can rely on this those typical things yeah yeah. um so if there is a show i really want to cover i will put myself forward for it and i'll be in the running for that something i tend to do over here just strictly for me is i cover slam dunk festival so that kind of ties back to what i was saying about connections that kind of thing Um, I've done press for them for the past three years now. And it was actually really sweet. The start of this year, I emailed the publicist asking for the accreditation link so I could sign up for it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And she emailed me back saying, don't worry, you're already on the list. (laughs) So I was like, nice. (laughs) But yeah, that just goes to show that those relationships are amazing because I didn't have to apply. She already had a spot saved for me. So it's it's very helpful but yeah any shows like i really want to cover i will try and make it happen for sure obviously it's square one magazine though producing magazines is probably a lot easier said than done especially yeah. <laughs> currently when it's more click traffic than actual um magazine so what goes into creating the magazine how do you decide what makes the cut how was it designed and all of that juicy stuff Okay, so the way I tend to put the different issues together is I will email as many people as I possibly can that (laughs) I want to interview, and I will see who bites and who has the time available, who has something going on, like are they working on music, do they have something they want to talk about. Once I have those people locked in is when I will try to find some kind of common thread between the artist if there's like one particular topic that everyone keeps coming back to which would end up being kind of like the main theme for the magazine yeah um so in the past we've had social media we've had obviously the pandemic with the first one we've had um mental health was as it is which was really good so i tend to find like a a topic that kind of unites all the interviews in one way or another and then i'll reach out to our writer team or after we've done the interviews 
and see if they have any kind of like opinion pieces or features they want to write along that topic. Yeah. In terms of designing it, I can usually get it from complete start to final editing stages within, I want to say, like two weeks. It's a very stressful two weeks, but <laughs> it's fine because I, for one, have ADHD, so I'm very much hyper fixated on doing this. So unlike everything else that I will postpone and push to the side, if I get started on this, I will see it through to the end of <laughs> like long hours to do it because I love it. Yeah. So yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to that magazine I did at university where I was working with other people and I had other deadlines pushing on me and stress and all that. Whereas everything I do for the magazine, it's all self-imposed. So if I say it's going to be released on this date, the only person it's going to affect if it doesn't get released on that date is me because no one else knows about it. It's that kind of fake deadline enough to the point where I'm like, okay, I have to get this done. Very true. <laughs> it's the same with editing these because I tried to mm -hmm. email the person to say, okay, it's going to be released on that date. Mm -hmm. And now then, if it's not released on that date, they'll probably come back to me and say, it's not been released. Um, hello. Yeah, so I'm trying to put that self-imposed deadline on myself. But mm -hmm. then obviously, you know, it's one of those things with working full time and life itself. Again, it's a self-imposed thing that just has to happen. Yep. Um, so who has been the biggest get for an interview? Because I saw that you had managed to hoodwink Lucy Spragan to do an interview at yes. some point, which I was like, okay, this is pretty good that you've managed to get Lucy Spragan, who's a known person. <laughs> so who's been the biggest get for the magazine? Hmm. Personally, I would say, so the third and fourth issues of our physical magazine we had as it is on the cover for the third one and then state champs for the second one i grew up absolutely adoring as it is so that was a very much like mind-blown moment that i went from listening to them when i was 13 to having a chat on zoom with the lead singer for two hours <laughs> um it was a great experience and then again with state champs they've been one of my favorite bands for a long time as well so getting to meet them, have a photo shoot with them for the cover and then interview them as well was a great experience for that point. In terms of like the biggest names, I would say, um, hmm, we've got some good people coming up. I don't want to give away too much yet, but the next issue, to be fair, we had the, okay, so this next issue, we had some issues with it. Um, we had one person on the, who was meant to be on the cover, but they were meant to be on the cover back in February, but they had to postpone. So we pushed them to this upcoming issue that's due out at the end of the month, and they had to postpone again. But that person is the biggest person we will ever cover at this point in time. So hopefully it will be the next one. <laughs> and the next two or three issues are going to be the biggest we've ever done for sure. No. Just interrupting this episode to ask you a quick favour. If you like what you're listening to, give it a rating, leave a review, and subscribe to the podcast feed. It helps more than you could imagine. Now, back to the episode. You mentioned photo shoots. Now, until having to do photo shoots for this, had you facilitated photo shoots in the past? Yes, yeah, so back in school, I actually did A-level photography. 
So that's kind of where I started with doing portraits and stuff like that. And then I kind of switched into general music photography when I was at university. But yeah, I had experience of doing studio shoots, that kind of thing. And then I had the opportunity to do the the cover photo shoot for the state champs issue. And that was insane. <laughs> it was crazy. So coming from a complete noob who knows nothing about photography in the slightest, mm-hmm. what goes into creating a good shot in general, whether or not it be for a front cover photo shoot mm-hmm. or for a photo of a band when they're performing live because <laughs> as you can tell I don't know anything about photography I've got a friend who did photography at Portsmouth that's as far as my knowledge of photography goes I know nothing mm-hmm. so what goes into a good shot at least for what you use it for yeah so the thing I love about photography is there is no right answer there's no set way to do anything sure. it's so free in terms of creative freedom which is really nice The State Champs cover shoot was a nightmare to do, I'll be honest. Um, I had 20 minutes after their soundtrack before their live show that night. I had my friend to assist me because we had to carry a backdrop about half a mile to the venue because we couldn't fit it in a car. (laughs) (laughs) And then we had to set it up, take the photos, pack it down, carry it home. But yeah, the portraits, I'm a very big fan of bright colours and kind of... I don't know, clean shots, I guess. I feel like I have a very specific editing style as well, which plays into it a lot. I like grungy textures, but it differs depending on what it is, honestly. For live shows, um, I try and treat it as though it's a portrait shot rather than just, hey, there's this person on stage. Because you see there's so many photographers out there that you kind of want to be different and you should be you should be yourself and the way I try and do it is I love those close-up action shots yeah Um, some of the ones I did at Slam Dunk this year are some of my favorites because they're just so up close and personal it's amazing yeah yeah I just I love having that slightly different view that you're not going to get from the crowd because you just can't get those angles from in the crowd um so yeah live shows I like to get creative. I like to work with the lighting rather than try and hide away from it like a lot of photographers do because the lighting always ruins everything. I try not to think about it too much and I just let the photo kind of speak for itself. You said that putting a first draft of the magazine takes about two weeks. Mm -hmm. So from that, is it a case of do you send it off to a publisher to get final tweaks and that sort of thing? Or because when people write books, they do a first draft, send it off to a publisher, they then send it back and everything else in between. So is it the same sort of thing with magazines or is it a different beast? It's kind of similar in the sense that, say, more established magazines like Kerrang! or Rock Sound they will 100% have that kind of thing where they'll get it drafted as much as they can. They'll send it off to someone to check it and then get it back, make edits, that kind of thing. I do not have that luxury because I don't have the money to pay for that kind of thing. (laughs) So it's more of a case of me doing it all, sending it to my partner to proofread it for me, me fixing those spelling mistakes and phrase mistakes and repeated words because I can't read, and then (laughs) sending it off to print. Okay, and so then once it's been sent off to print, is it a case of crossing your fingers for X amount of weeks and just hoping that you get something that looks good? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) So 
I use the same company. I've been using the same company for the past, I want to say, two, three issues now. I moved from the one I started with just because their product is better and cheaper and yeah, yeah. all more consistent, really. And yeah, so usually if I send it off, I will have the product in my hands within two weeks, I want to say. Okay. It's pretty quick. That's a pretty swift turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't always go perfectly to plan. There's sometimes printing issues and that kind of thing. But the company I use... That's just part and parcel, isn't it? Exactly. Their, their customer service is amazing. And I can't fault them, which is why I still use them. But yeah, I work a little bit differently than a lot of magazines in the fact that they will kind of print in bulk and then ship them out as they sell and then they might be left behind with loads but I print to order so I only print as many as are sold just to save product and money and all that obviously um but also it helps because if I spot something wrong with the magazine after like getting one of them I can change it for the next one yeah so it's like that little bit of cushion like if I have like something cropped a little bit wrong I can just go on tweak it and it'll be fixed for the next round that I order yeah. so it's kind of that little safety net as well which is quite nice to have so I mentioned previously about that even though physical print is still a thing I guess it's a similar thing with newspapers in that people are getting their content more online I'm assuming that's probably why you print to order and that sort of thing what's your stance on buying a physical magazine rather than getting it all online. Okay, so I think it's very much to do with my kind of age bracket at the moment. We grew up with CDs and iPods. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I feel like my age group, especially now with like the revival of vinyl. Oh, massive, massive. Exactly. Um, physical media is definitely making a comeback, um, even if it is just in the sense of People that are hardcore fans of certain bands and artists, they want physical copies of everything. They'll buy all the CDs, they'll buy all the different variants of vinyl, they'll buy magazines to get posters. Like Those people still exist, and that's who I cater to. Our magazine kind of thrives as me being a fan first and foremost. So I want to kind of give other fans the opportunity to kind of sit on in on the conversations that I'm having with bands that I enjoy as well. So I want to give fans that content. And with that, we only print up to a maximum of 50 copies of each issue so that they're limited, so that there's more excitement about them. And yeah, physical media is definitely coming back. I mean, I, I can't speak for news newspapers because I don't read the news. I don't want to know about it. But that's just my age and my hate for the world in general. Oh, definitely. Um, anything, if I need instant news, I will go to Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. <laughs> um, or Politics Joe on Instagram. That's usually where I get mine from. Exactly. Yeah. Or simple politics on Instagram is where I go. <laughs> so yeah, there's alternative ways to find what you want. But in terms of music journalism, it, I don't think it's ever going to go away. It's going to change for sure. Like yeah. websites are more prevalent than ever, of course. But there's always going to be an audience who want the physical product, even if it's just to display on their walls. <laughs> So speaking of, what's your most cherished band poster or Ooh. vinyl or... I, um, yeah, that's a good one. I have, I kind of collect, so not only do I collect my photo passes that I get from shows, 
I also have a few set lists that I've collected over the years. I don't have many, but they are very safe, tucked away in a box. I keep meaning to display them. I have not got around to it yet. ADHD. Um, <laughs> one day I will. But yeah, I've had set lists for some of my favorite bands. And yeah, I think that that's my main thing. I do have a big collection of vinyl as well, but I'm not like obsessively collecting them i just if they look pretty i'll buy them and play them i do like the really cool pressings and if they're limited even better yeah that's cool so i guess the final thing to ask is where do you want to take square one in the future what do you see it being um i would love to make this my full-time job i would love to be able to pay all of my contributors we're kind of at the point where the print side of things is self-sustaining. So mm -hmm. at the very least, that is taken care of. We're getting to the point that in the next few years, the website should also do the same. Yeah. So in theory, we're just going to keep growing and get to that point eventually. I'm holding out for it. Um, yeah, I just want to I want to keep doing this and just seeing how how it grows. We've got some great things in the works for the coming months, for sure. We've got a very exciting project, which we should hopefully be starting towards the end of this year, which will kind of be like a, a little side hustle of the magazine, if you will. Um, it's all top secret at the moment, so I can't say too much. But <laughs> um, so that's we're definitely growing, is all I will say. Um, in terms of obviously the magazine itself and this little project that we're starting up, there's it's definitely not going to be the last you'll hear of us, that's for sure. Wonderful. Um, something actually that popped into my head has been of the only way is up. Is there an event that obviously Taylor Swift, that's fine, you've got the t shirt, so it is there an event or a festival that you really, really want to cover in the future? Mm. Like a Glastonbury, yeah. Coachella, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think either of those would be amazing. I think Reading and Leeds is something we've been trying to for the past couple of years, yeah. but it hasn't quite worked out each time for some reason or another. So hopefully next year will be the one for that. Um, this year we were invited out to cover South by Southwest over in Texas, which was great. And we should hopefully be going back next year. Hopefully I'll be going for that as well because I want to experience it. But yeah, I, I just want things to keep getting bigger and better for us. So if we can cover those big name festivals, which we already are starting to, that'll be amazing for sure. It does seem to be that you've done a lot of the heavy lifting and that you are starting to see the fruits of your labor, which in general must be very fulfilling Oh yeah, definitely. It's nice to know that all my hard work is paying off, <laughs> um, especially since I finished my day job and then I spend three, four hours sending emails and uploading content to the website. It's kind of like a second full-time job, but one that I'm not getting paid for and yeah. it's just all my free time. But having my two co-editors now helping me out with that has been a godsend, honestly. It's actually nice to have some relaxation time. Um, but it's nice to know that all the hard work I put in for building up those relationships and all those emails are finally kind of, it's finally working and actually I can see that happening as well, which is nice. So is your email inbox quite neat or is it like a bomb's gone off? It depends what day you check it. Okay. <laughs> so 
it's very organized. I have a multitude of folders. <laughs> However, yes, nice two of us. If you check it around midday on Friday, there is a bomb explosion. There's a 200 emails yeah and i look at it and i close the page and i go get something to drink <laughs> i'm like i will deal with that later um but that's because we run our weekly um playlist every friday so i have a bunch of people emailing me saying hey our new song's out can you put this in the playlist and i'm like no maybe we'll see so yeah i get a lot of emails on friday for sure it's the busiest day yeah but otherwise it's very organized yeah is that the same thing with the under the radar stuff you do as well? Yeah. 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 So that's kind of like our, our spotlight thing that we do on our website. Yeah. We're currently reworking into the secret project that we're working on. Um, but that's kind of where we highlight up and coming artists. We say, hey, we think these guys are going to go crazy in the next year. Check them out. Mm, check them out. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I think that is quite a uh, nice stamp to put on that. Well, Emily, thanks for giving up some of your time to talk to me. We got there eventually. And so <laughs> I will be in contact for the details about Sophie Amazing, yes. Um So, Emily, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure for you as well. Thank you.